You are listening to Conversations with Chris Marshall, where I sit down and talk to top real estate investors and professionals who work with investors to find out how to become a top investor. If you are interested in becoming a top real estate investor, then be sure to subscribe to the show and to tune in to new episodes so we can level up and start or scale to success in real estate investing. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Top Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Marshall. On the show today is guest Aaron Scott Young. Aaron has had a tremendous career in helping entrepreneurs and investors. He's moved into VC capital. He does invest a little bit into real estate passively when it comes to his businesses owning real estate, but he's actually not a real estate investor. But we talk about the scaling and setting up of your business and the systems that you need inside your business, uh, how to create a successful business, regardless of the industry, from ground up. He's a tremendous speaker and coach and expert in all things business related. So definitely take a listen. If this is something that you want to do more than just as a passive investor, you want to build an actual real estate investing business. This is definitely going to be a great episode to listen to, get some knowledge. This is definitely a why, more of a a mentality episode, more so than a how episode, but still great information. Definitely worth the listen. And uh, Aaron gives away a few things at the end of the episode. So be sure to listen for that. And it's also in the show notes down below. Without any further ado, let me get out of the way and get on with the episode. Awesome. Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show today. How are you? Good, sir. I am doing great, Chris. It's it's really uh, nice to be here. I'm looking forward to our chat. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's just dive right into the episode. Let's start off by telling the audience and the listeners who you are, what it is that you do. Give us a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, I just turned 59 years old and uh, I was kind of freaked out to realize that means I've been making a payroll. I've been, I've had employees and making a payroll for 40 freaking years now. So that's a long time. It bothers me that I can say that out loud because I still think I'm about 26 years old, but yeah, for 40 years, I've been start first. I started companies. I used to, you know, come up with ideas, build them up, started my first one, sold it, started my second one, closed part of it, sold part of it. Um, At 29, took my only job I've ever had, which was vice president of sales of a multinational big board NASDAQ company. So I had over 300 offices uh, to manage from a sales perspective on a public company. Did that for three and a half years, um, made an awful lot of money during that time. And so at 32, 33, started buying companies and have been doing that ever since. So some of them we buy and hold, some buy and flip, um, you know, but it's um, it's been an interesting ride. Uh, and of course, real estate's been a part of that. Um, we've done three public companies, so that's part of it. And um, I don't know, just it's just been an interesting, diverse life that that is an awful lot of fun and i've figured out a way over those years to to be involved in the ways i need to be and then also to be kind of get out of the way of smarter people than me 
who can who can blow things up bigger than I can. And um, so anyway, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of my background. I've been married 36 years. I've got awesome. four four kids, seven grandkids. Uh, we just sold our our hobby farm. We had a 25 acre horse breeding farm in Washington. We just sold that that property and moved on to a 70 acre place that my son is running with his wife and kids. And my wife and I are living here at what has for the last 20 some years been our, our vacation house at the beach. And when we sold the farm, we thought, oh, we'll just go to the beach for a while. So that's my wow. current situation. Very nice. So no longer a hobby farm, 70 some odd acres. <laughs> well, I've got a, I've still got a pretty big, I've got 30 horse breeding animals, two wow. stallions, bunch of mares, bunch of babies. We sell horses. It's a, I've, I've loved horses all my life. I've, uh, we had a horse when I was a little boy, my dad bought this old, you know, broken down, uh, mare that, um, so from the time I was about five years old, I've had horses in my life and, what was my dad's sort of imaginary dream became something I did and my kids grew up in. Now three of my four children have cowboyed on immense ranches, um, run, run horse programs. I mean, done, and then they've moved beyond that. Two of them have moved on to pretty interesting corporate careers, but the middle, the middle son, third oldest child, he, um, he built a really successful video production company with clients like Jay-Z, Post Malone, Megan Trainer, and all these that he was working with creating music videos for them. Uh, he was the producer and had a whole team of, of filmmakers. But when he fell in love, he decided his wife was from um, San Clemente, California. She was jealous of the fact that he'd grown up out in the country. And so they left California and came back up and he's training horses and breeding horses. And she's you know, planting a garden and raising chickens and two little boys. And uh, nice. it's amazing how, how um, generationally it went from an idea to a family thing, to a business thing. Yeah. Um, as the kids grew into certain things. Now, I suspect that the next generation, that boy who's raising his kids with animals, they have a much higher likelihood of doing something related to the land or to animals than the other kids who did it for a while, but now are in suburban homes and, and, uh, yeah, normal. Life. Anyway, it has nothing to do with real estate investing. It's just interesting to see the evolution at my age of how things go from so, sort of a cool idea to a fully fleshed out business. Well, I think it does have uh, some correlation there. A lot of real estate investors, you know, have this little tiny spark and they'll start off with like, I need to make money. How can I make money? And maybe they, you know, go into wholesaling. And as they're just working through that process, they get taken from, you know, this, what I would consider not real real estate investing. Wholesaling is not real estate investing. Sorry, listeners. Um, but it's something that touches on real estate investings. And through that action, they turn into real estate investors most often either flipping homes or buying rental properties of their own or whatever. Yeah. Um, no, that's really cool. Next time you come to Florida, you got to come check out Ocala. That's where I'm at. Horse capital of the world. Yeah, I know uh, Ocala, so. Florida. I'd love, yeah, I would love to yeah, do that. Yeah, definitely got to come down. Um, awesome. So how I want to kind of spin this episode today is you don't identify as a real estate investor, right? So what, what do you kind of like identify as in the business world? Uh, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a business owner. I'm a, 
I'm kind of a business opportunist. So mm -hmm. if there's if there are ways of getting involved in projects that are that are good projects that I'm interested in and that generate uh, some financial benefit or some life benefit for me, then I do it. Now, has that included real estate? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Made millions of dollars in real estate. Um, but I don't, I don't, I, that's not my, I don't really have an industry, if that yeah. makes sense. I'm, I've learned enough things over the years and done enough things. I mean, my first company was a recycling business. My second company, clear back in 1986, was uh, one of the first cellular phone uh, companies, dealerships, selling wow. phones. And we ended up with five stores in the 80s and early 90s. Then I was working in financial services. Then I was buying corporate incorporation services. Now I own tax planning business as well as other things. I'm, I'm just getting into the non-recourse lending business. I mean, so these are all unrelated, yeah. but they all make money and real estate, real estate and the stock market are the, are the two places to make giant wealth. And you now if you build a successful company or buy a successful company and can get enough margin, you know, from what you got, what you're into it to what you sell for, you can make a lot of money there too. But, but People always say to me, well, I want to make a million dollars or I want you know, I want a million dollar take home or they have some arbitrary made up silly number. Yeah. And I think, well, OK, but how much does it cost you to live? If you lived really comfortably, what would it cost? I don't know, $30,000 $30, a month, $40,000 a month. I said, OK, so so if you're making a million dollars, that's 80000 a month. Um, what are you going to do with the rest of the money? Now that you're scratching your itch for travel and you've bought some nice watches and you've got great shoes and you drive a cool car and you know, now what? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with all the, the the bulk of what you're making? What are you going to do with it? Well, I'm going to invest it. Well, then you're just going to make more money, right? Yeah. So it's really not a matter of if you're only making money for lifestyle, which is the first place you want to go, is what am, what am I going to receive in exchange for my time, my effort, my risk, my opportunity cost. What am I going to get? Yeah. And I think if anybody's anybody listening to me, if you're not thinking like that, you're missing the whole point. Mm -hmm. Okay. The whole point is how do you enrich yourself? If you've got some sort of um, philosophical problem with that, then just think if you're somebody who believes it's a sin to be rich, then think about how will you give and help other people? Will you yeah. do it out of your poverty or out of your abundance, right? So yeah. I recommend you can do more good in the world with money than with just like a really good attitude for I want to be nice to everybody. Yeah. If you have money, you can you can affect real change. And the way you make real money is by thinking about whatever you're doing, in this case, real estate investing, um, in a way that is more than just how can I make $10,000 this month? Mm -hmm. You know, it's got to be what what am I building that gets bigger than me? That gets bigger than my needs to eat and sleep and, and shelter myself so that I can start living a life that is exciting to, you know, whatever is exciting to you. If that's traveling all if you want to go spend your time in Bali, good. If you want to go work at a soup kitchen, good. 
If you want to go on a missionary trip for your church, good. If you want to stay home, play with your kids, awesome. But have a choice. Yeah. The the way you get choices is by building something that exceeds your needs for survival or for, you know, day-to-day living. And real estate can give you that. But if you always think transactionally, you'll never really get beyond transactions. Mm-hmm. If you think about, I'm building something, I have a project. My project needs these resources to be successful. And if I do a good job stewarding the resources, this is what I'm going to get back. Yeah. And if you start thinking like that, whether it's real estate investment or some other thing that you choose to get involved in, uh, you will have a much greater likelihood of success. Because if you're only thinking about feeding yourself, you're always desperate. And if you're thinking about what can I, what am I building with the resources that I'm aggregating, then, then all of a sudden you're you're not thinking selfishly. You're thinking about the project. When you think about the project, project tends to work better and you get a greater reward for, for your effort. There is a whole big philosophical rant. Sounds no, hey, that was good. Um, so this this podcast is primarily for those that are looking to that are starting and scaling in the real estate investing, trying to get them to the next level. So I think a good kind of way to focus on this is use your expertise as someone who's going in and buying and investing in businesses and making them a scalable thing so that you're not actively involved in it to the day-to-day operations and kind of translate that into the business of real estate investing. Uh so one, when we're talking about starting and scaling real estate investors, when do you start thinking about putting in a scalable operations, I guess let's call it? Day one. Day one. Okay. Well, here, let me say this. I, I kind of commented this a second ago. Um, One of the early mentors of my life, and I got him when he was still pretty new, was a guy named Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Covey's written a bunch of very successful books, including the seven habits of highly effective people. Oh, One yes. of the principles he teaches is begin with the end in mind. Mm. Now, every single day we, um, we grab these things, these phones, and if we're going to go somewhere, we, we go into Google maps or Waze or whatever I use Waze. And we put in an address and it guides us to the place, right? Mm-hmm. We've given the we've given the computer program or the, the app a very specific instruction. We're using chat GPT right now. You can get greater results the more explicit you are in your instructions to the program. Yeah. Right. So, but let's stick with ways for a minute. So if I say I'm going to, I'm in, I'm literally on the Pacific ocean in Oregon. Okay. I was in Los, I was in not Los Angeles. I was in New York last week. All right. So if I was going to drive from here to, to speak in New York, which I did last week, I, well, I flew, but if I was going to drive and I just knew, well, I know New York is East and the sun comes up in the East. So as long as I keep my eye on where the sun came up and just keep going that way, I will probably get to New York, right? But probably pretty slowly. Yeah. Probably with a lot of a lot of roadblocks, a lot of bad turns, a whole. I keep wanting to swear a whole <laughs> bunch of, a whole bunch of mistakes. 
versus if I put it into the GPS, it will tell me, oh, there's an accident here, go around it. Oh, take this turn, take this freeway until it gets me exactly to the address I want to go to. Yeah. So if you're going to be a real estate investor, make a decision at the beginning, maybe what kind of investor, but at the beginning, you may not know enough to, to limit yourself to the type of investing, mm. but you can definitely set a specific goal that says, look, if I'm going to start today in June, we're, we're recording this June of 23. So if, if it's June of 2023, and I say, I'm starting, I've made a decision to start today. So by June of 2025 or 2026, I will have fill in the blanks, invested this much money in syndication or, or, you know, flipped this many houses or bought this many tax deeds or, um, well, however, however people are going to do it. Um, and then you go deeper, you say, well, and, and. If I, if I don't worry about how I'm going to do it, and I just worry about what the result is. In other words, I don't say this is this is the only path I can see. I just know what the outcome is I want. That all of a sudden opens up a million different pathways to get to the outcome. I'm not limited by the road that I'm on. I'm I'm focused on the outcome that I want. Mm -hmm. I if there's a traffic jam here, I'm okay with being diverted around it because yeah. I'm not so dedicated to this this stretch of the freeway and um you know you you before we came on you quoted emerson mm -hmm. yeah. you know emerson had a handyman that um got so excited about the brilliance that ralph waldo emerson shared with him that he decided to go live in a little cabin that he built himself on a pond that emerson lived on you yeah. probably know the story yeah and and he wanted to suck the marrow out of life because he was so excited that he'd learn something new, which is what the people listening to your podcast get to do. They get mm -hmm. to hear new things and get excited. And yeah. while he lived in that cabin for two years, two months, and two days, he wrote a book that yeah. many of us read in school called Walden. The guy's yeah. name was Henry David Thoreau. Oh, yeah. And you know Thoreau's famous quote, right? Uh, I learned this at least from my experiment in the wood, that if a man advances confidently in the direction of his dream and endeavors to live the life he's imagined, he will meet with a success unexpected in common hours in a normal eight to five in working six days a week, you know, and, or following that one little road. Yeah. When you advance confidently in the direction of a dream, that doesn't mean a business plan necessarily. That means staying focused on the outcome, not the vehicle that will get you to the outcome. Yeah. Rich people have learned that I don't care which car, train, plane I jump into, as long as it gets me to my place. Mm -hmm. And so when you're starting out, begin with the end in mind without being locked into a specific formula. I'll give you a real estate example. One yes. of my clients came to me several years ago and said, I'm, I'm an executive for a company that builds these big apartment communities hundreds of doors at a time. You know, one community may, might have 300 apartments. I've been trying for several years to raise money so I could buy a complex myself because I have this cool idea of how I could make the community stronger, which would increase rental rates, would, would um, prolong people staying there and so on. He had these cool ideas, but he'd raised $0 hmm. to do it. He couldn't figure out how to do it. He'd been trying for several years, 
had raised no money. So he sat with me, told me what his goal was. He'd been on a, he'd been doing things the way he thought to do it. He was failing at it. No, just a roadblock. He came to me. I explained to him and I also had a friend of mine who's raised over a hundred million dollars in investor capital. We sat down with him and we redid his deck. We, well, we showed him how to redo the deck and how to talk to investors. So then fast forward uh, less than three years and he now owns five apartment complexes. Okay. But hold on, there's more. He did the first couple. And then he came to me, he said, Aaron, this is so great. I, I now have steady income of about $10,000 a month for managing the complexes. Uh, you know, not on-site management, but overseeing the, the portfolio. But almost all the profits are going, oh, oh also, also I've increased my net worth by a million dollars. But the vast majority of the of the reward is going to the investors. Mm -hmm. I'm frustrated, he said. I said, I understand you're frustrated. Do you want to go from elementary school to middle school? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, do you want me to show you now another way to do these deals? He goes, well, no, this is how you do the deals. Everybody I've talked to, this is how you do the deal. I said, had you ever bought one apartment complex before we talked? And he said, no. I said, do you want to go from elementary school to middle school? And he goes, okay. So I showed him how to redo the deals. He did the next two. And he came back to me, he said, this is working great. And let me tell you some cool things. And here's relationships I'm building with these banks. And he was all excited. And I, and I said, I love this. Do you want to go to high school now? And he's like, yes, I do. And I showed him how now, because of everything he's built, he's he needs one more deal, then he can self-fund his apartment complexes because he's he learned a methodology, he followed it, he's diligent, he's willing to experiment. That's what I hope everybody listening to your show remembers. When you hear different ideas, experiment on them. That doesn't mean mm -hmm. chisel them in stone. It means experiment. See if something you didn't know an hour ago might actually work for you. Yeah. It actually change something. Instead of going, oh, that would never work. Or I have a mentor who told me something different. Or whatever. Oh. If, as long as you want to live in that world of scarcity and there's only one right way. Yeah. You'll do okay. But you'll never reach the level you could. Back to you, Christopher, because I, I love to just teach and I'm, I'm, I know I'm taking up. Hey, no, that's awesome. This is all great stuff. Hey, let me cut in here real fast. I'm Chris and I'm the host of the show you're listening to right now, but I'm also the founder of a platform called Ari. You know how we as real estate investors struggle with switching between multiple tools and software to manage our investments? Well, Ari is here to change that. It's a start to finish real estate investment platform that streamlines everything from deal analysis to funding. We de-risk lending opportunities and help you build trust with lenders and partners using our investor confidence score. And guess what? We've got a special lifetime deal for select investors, our foundation partnership offer. This gives you lifetime access to Ari's powerful tools and early access to updates. Level up your real estate investing game and check out Ari today at www.ari.io. That is www.areii.io. 
Trust me, you will not regret it. I know a lot of people, for, for a lot of people that are starting out, there's a ton of different books. If they've read the books, there's a ton of different books on how to structure a business, you know, with the end in mind, you have um, built to last from good to gray. You got, I don't know, <laughs> you got tons of different books. I think those were both written by the same person in, in sequence. Well, they were the, uh, Jim. Yeah. But remember built to last and good to great both talked about companies that are almost all out of business now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so what's the, the basic, like from day one, I'm a, I'm a new investor. I have a nine to five job. Maybe I'm a car salesman. I don't know. So, you know, someone in the middle of the road, not someone that's super wealthy, not someone that's like completely broke, but they're, they're just like the average consumer. So maybe they are com completely broke. Um, you know, they're just the average uh, middle American, right? What is the structure that's just going to be kind of an out of the box template that most people can take? implement and then start slowly working on is there any sort of structure that you'd recommend no are you talking about corporate structures or are you talking not, about not corporate or legal entities this would be more like what are the things that i need to have in place so i need to have like a finance guy i need to have uh, a guy that you know can read a contract you know i guess team I'll, we would call them a team in the real estate industry so yeah well i don't think you even know this but I mean, I, I uh, and I won't, I'm not pitching, but I mean, I teach a course about this, right? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Good question. Um, but, right? but it's it's probably a little more advanced than what you're talking about. It's called the unshackled owner and it's designed for clients that already have a business, but they realize, um, or they've either been in business before and they're starting again and they don't want all the bruises that they got last time or they have sort of run into their own glass ceiling yeah. and they don't know how to, they don't really know what to do now. And the course is all about how to build a business that's bigger than yourself, oh. how to be the chairman of the company, not the president, you know, how to, how to, that's how I've built all these different companies that I own because I'm not trying to work there. I'm trying to create something. Yeah. And so you need a team by definition to be unshackled. You need a team. Yeah. Right. And so the, so going back to answer your question, um, the first thing, the first thing to do, the very first thing I'm looking around to see if I have this other, I don't have it in front of me. Anyway, I have a great little book. I thought I had one right here somewhere, but anyway, it's called the critical 20 and it's like a, it's, you, you, you can't even buy it on Amazon right now, but you know, I could, I'd be happy to, to give them for free. Um, the point is the critical 20 is a simple little book. That's the 20 critical steps to business success. And it's a popcorn book. I call it a potato chip book. In other words, you read one chapter, which is like a page and a half with big type, you know, mm -hmm. big font size. So it's super easy. It's almost like, you know, uh, it's, it's easier than a lot of Hallmark cards to read a chapter. And um, you, you, the first, the very first concept is is, is there a need for what you're doing? Yeah. Is anybody is just because you think it's a cool idea? Does anybody else think it's worth doing? So is your idea viable? Does it serve? Does it fill a need? And then it goes right through the steps of, okay, so then if it does fill a need, how are you going to do something different than other people that are doing it? And then what's your minimum viable product? 
right? And so no matter what they're starting out doing, don't go hire a bunch of people and spend all your money on a million gurus and a million whatever. Mm -hmm. Find one person who's done what you want to do, what you want to experiment on. Find one person who's successful at it and see what they can teach you either live or in a book and then try what they said to do. Remember, as, as an author of four books myself, I will tell you that just because it's in the book doesn't mean it's comprehensive. Just because it's in the book doesn't mean it's everything. This is just, I have a thesis that I'm going to cover in this book. And a lot of books, I only read the first three or four chapters because as soon as they start repeating the same material over and over and over again, because they needed 20 chapters in the book, but they only had three chapters worth of stuff to say, and the rest of it's case studies. It's like, okay, got it. I'll go, I'll go practice on the formula, right? Yeah. Try the formula, see what works. Um, and you do that over and over and over again, and you keep moving around this topic that you're trying to get good at and getting, I tried that. I learned this. I was in elementary school. Now I'm going to look at this other thing and see if it gets me to middle school, right? That's what I would do. Yes. Get a business entity. You know, um, if you're going to own a piece of real estate, put it in an LLC. Uh, if you're going to get multiple pieces of real estate, get an operating company like a C corporation that then manages is the manager for the LLCs, but separate. Well, depending on your tolerance for risk, however much you're willing to risk, put stuff in, in one LLC. When you go, ah, I don't really, I, I would, it would really hurt to lose all that. If I'm going to add a third thing, set up the next company. You don't need a separate one for every property. You need a separate one based on your, your tolerance for risk. Yeah. If you think I don't have any, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm put it all in one LLC. Then you're stupid. So, um, you're because then you're not looking at the fact that we're in the most litigious country in the world. Yeah. You know, there's a lawsuit against a small business every 22 seconds, and that in real estate, especially if you're engaging with the public, um, like renting or leasing or or bringing other people's money or whatever. It's not if you're ever going to get sued. It's when you're going to get sued. Because yes. real estate, there's a lot of emotion around real estate. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, so the first thing is, do I have something to offer to this? Second thing is, who can I see? Who Everybody should write down this the, these two words. Proximal example. Proximal wow. example. Someone within your proximity who is a good example of what you're trying to do. You want to seek out proximal examples. All right. See what they have to say. Don't get all diluted in a hundred people's way of doing it. Mm -hmm. Follow somebody who's got success. Once you get that part figured out, then, then go, what else is there? What's the next thing I should learn? What's the next thing I should learn and keep doing it and realize you're never going to have all of it. There's yeah. always going to be something new to learn. Yeah. That's great advice. So when you're starting out, it's just you got no co-founders. How does someone approach that first conversation and, or, or the relationship? They know someone that they think would be great to help direct them, guide them. Um, maybe this is for a mentor. Maybe this is for someone that they're looking to seek to actually, you know, come in 50, 50 or whatever is a more partnership in this entity that they're creating. 
How do, how do you approach that conversation with someone? Any advice? Yeah, um, I, I know what I've done and what I continue to do. And I know what people do to me. Yeah. Okay. That I like <laughs> things that I like. I won't tell you all the things okay. I don't. Okay. Here's what I do like. <laughs> if somebody says, Aaron, I've been following you for years. I I've read your books or I've listened to your podcast or I've, you know, whatever. I've been to your event, something. Um, I have some specific questions. I think everything that I've observed indicates to me that you would be able to really give me some, some critical counsel. I don't want to waste your time. I'm not asking you to work for free, but I, would there be an opportunity to have a conversation? Is there a way to do that? Mm -hmm. um, so you're always de deferential. I've already done the simple, I've read the books. I've listened to you. I've followed you. Now I'm asking you, is there is there a way that you've designed that I could have a conversation with you? Where mm. I could ask you some more specific questions about what I'm seeking to do because I see you as as an example of somebody I'd like to emulate. Mm -hmm. When you when you come to somebody with like that, you don't just go, hey, can I pick your brain for an hour? Or mm -hmm. I really want to learn how to do buy businesses like you. Will you teach me? You know, well, yeah. I, my response to, I hate it when people say, can I pick your brain? I hate it when they do that. Or do you have five minutes? Do you have two minutes? Or the one I really hate, do you have three minutes and 47 seconds? I get these things. I don't know who's teaching to do that, but it, it's some oddball time amount. And it's always like, no, I don't have, it. if somebody does that, I usually just say no. If somebody comes and says, Aaron, I've, I've taken advantage of everything you've already provided to me. I've done the work. Yeah. I've done the work. I've made the investment and you're still who I want to talk to after reading all your stuff. <laughs> um, is there, is there a mechanism? You know what I normally say to that? Sure. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. Now, do I have an assistant who can send you a form and bill you by the hour? Yes. Do I do that sometimes? Yeah, if it's going to get busy, you know, um, if it's like a real job, I'll bill you by the hour. But if it's just a question or two, or you want to take 15 minutes or a half an hour, and you can already tell from this interview that I can talk and talk and talk. Um, and so, uh, yeah, what I do is is simply, if they've done the work, and then they say, I'd like to, I'd like to respectfully get some time with you. Yeah. That's like the great compliment. That's something I want to say yes to. Yeah. Something I want to help with. It makes That's me awesome. feel good that they've done all this. They've paid attention to what I've put out there that was easy access. Yeah. Anybody that's listening to this and they're looking to find their first team member or whatever partner, they need to rewind a couple seconds take that little speech that he gave about that first, the, basically a, a template of a message that you should be able to copy, just tweak it to fit your scenario and, and run with that. That's a, a great way to send out a first message. Um, I think we're coming up towards the end. So just a couple last questions. Uh, one that I normally ask all the guests is, are there any trends in the industry, laws that are being passed, anything like that that might affect real estate investing? We can kind of change that. Is there anything that you're seeing from 
a business owner's perspective or someone that invests in a lot of businesses that could be affecting something like commercial real estate or anything like that? Yeah, I think um, insecurity in the market for those that are prepared, mm -hmm. um, that's the greatest time to to make great purchases. Yeah. Um, those that are unprepared feel the, the pinch way before it gets to them. They go, if I if I lose this percentage of occupancy, I will not be able to afford this building, this house, this whatever. Um, uh, I've got, I've got, um, variable rate loans. You know, if the fed bumps it up another half a point over the next year, uh, I won't be able to service my debt, right? When people are forecasting out and they're getting nervous because mm -hmm. they may have to turn their fancy car back in, or they may have to move back to a, a lesser home or something. When they start feeling that, then they want to, they want a fire sale, Right. And if you've got access to cash, if you're in a position to be able to move quickly, you can make the great deals. I have significant doubts around um, office buildings right now. I've I, I I wouldn't buy an office building right now, but I might another year, year and a half from now. Hmm. And I'll tell you why. I think that there's that our current political climate is so weird. It's like you can't even really make sense of the insanity around the, what's going on with both parties right now. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, people talk about Richard Nixon and he was, you know, I'm not a crook and all this stuff, you know, all these, these, these funny memes from back in the early seventies with Richard Nixon, at least the guy had the decency before he was ever impeached to leave. You know, now we've got criminals staying in offices or or going after office that you go, how the hell did we get here? Yeah. And I don't care if you're, if you're a Biden or a Trump fan, God bless you. That's your right. I'm saying that the circumstance is nuts. Yes. The, the fact that we're in this situation is nuts. So until we have some stability or you can forecast out that the trend is coming back to putting on nicer clothes and showing up at an office instead of everybody being virtual or, or lots of people being virtual. Um, it's, it's happening in a bunch of companies right now. I read another article about it this morning about um, at Google, they're trying to get people back to the office and yeah. there's a revolt going on amongst all the people who have been working virtually. Well, this is going to be a problem for office buildings. So unless you've got a long game in mind, I'd stay out of that. There's still there's still a shortage of places to live and and but the problem is if people can't afford to move in, mm -hmm. uh, there's there's no way to sell it. So the people that I know that are having really um, at least volume success right now are doing uh, different things like tiny homes, trailer parks, storage units, um, you know, or something special in a resort area. Um, the other thing is to look beyond the borders of the United States. There are lots of opportunities outside of the United States. And so learn to learn to understand the world a little bit and get around, go yeah. travel somewhere beside. And if you're going to go somewhere, don't just stay at a, at an all-inclusive resort, go stay in an Airbnb out in the countryside, learn about where you are, ask questions, talk to a lawyer while you're there. There's, uh, 
I've done deals in multiple countries for many, many, for decades now. And oftentimes the best investment opportunities, even that Americans want to buy, are not in the United States. So mm. remember that. Good, good tip. Um, second to last question. Uh, was there a question that I forgot about? I should have asked you, didn't ask you, just slipped my mind, anything like that? Anything that you think I should have asked? I, well, I've, I don't know. I, you have, you've, I've given you so little time to ask questions in this interview. <laughs> um, the No, I like everything you're doing because the fact is, you know your audience. And if your audience is for burgeoning investors and tips, trip, hacks, th this sort of thing, you're asking great questions. Um, people often want a a quick fix, a quick, how do I, how do I get that cash flow really fast? Or how do I make that big score really quick? And you can do it. It's, it's available, but more often than not, it takes a little bit of time. So um, the big question that we didn't cover, and I'll say it now is if you, if you're trying to do any sort of a, a significant project that's going to be bigger than you've done before, like your yeah. first buying a house to flip it. And you're going to have, to, and you're going to do work yourself. You're going to go in there work in the evenings. And so make sure you have sufficient resources of time and money to get the job done fast. Cause every single day that you delay in the, in the, uh, the cleanup of that property to resell it, the the more desperate you are to get a high price instead of just a, a quick turn, the really the more money you lose because you have a cost of money tied up in the job. So make sure you have sufficient time and money to survive the learning curve. That's that would be the biggest thing I think we didn't talk about is that yeah. whether it's real estate, buying a buying an existing company, starting something new, you need to have sufficient time and money resources to survive the adjustment into the new thing you're doing. Gotcha. Good. Good advice. And finally, is there any place that listeners can connect with you? Uh, anything you want to tell with them or share with them? I can give you two websites. You can go yeah. to my, my name, which is aaronscottyoung.com, which is more like a speaker page, but there's a bunch of information on there that's useful. You can all, There you can download... The Critical 20 in a PDF, you can download something called the Freedom Formula, which is a, an infographic that is just my formula for building any kind of a project. Um, and then you can also go, if you want to go get LLCs or if you want to learn about how to own stuff and how to have asset protection, you can go to LaughlinUSA.com. It's like Laughlin, L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N, USA.com. The USA is there because there's also Laughlin International that has other foreign stuff. But okay. Laughlin USA is the 52-year-old um, asset protection firm. Awesome. Cool. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show today. This was awesome. Uh, a little bit different, but I think it, it's definitely going to be some great insight and knowledge for, for people that are trying to figure out how do they just kind of navigate into this space. Um so yes, thank you very much. And, and thank you for the, the freebies, Critical 20 and Freedom Formula, aaronscottyoung.com. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome, thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Top Investor Podcast. 
If you are a real estate investor, we want to connect with you. Like our favorite quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson says, every man I meet is my superior in some way, and in that I learn from him. We believe we can learn something from everyone, so even if you are just starting out on your real estate investing journey, head over to the link in the description to connect with us, and we would love to hop on a call with you. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show and follow us on the socials at Top Investor Pod. While you're at it, leave us a five-star rating and a positive review so we can help more people become top investors. Until next time, this is Chris Marshall signing off. Go out and become a top investor. See you around.